and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Yet Rated. My name is Dean James. It's great to have your company and we decided to do something a little bit different. It's not yet ready. Not yet rated with this. Not yet. Awesome. Awesome tune to introduce it today. How's chills, people? Absolutely. And it tingles. It is, isn't it? It's right in your pleasure senses. God, God damn it's good. Oh. God Batman. damn it, he's good. Fucking Batman. Oh. Batman. We are, of course, that's Danny Elfman. And one I, of his greatest It is scores. honestly one Holy of his greatest shit. Cinematic scores. history fucking I greatest scores. couldn't agree more. Oof. It is just epic. Oh, just the fucking whole soundtrack to the that. The whole soundtrack. Oh, oh shit, we got to talk about Prince. Yeah. Oh, well. Do you want I don't know where that came man. from all of a sudden. Party Prince. Man. Yeah, party. Party man. Yeah. Party man. And we are talking about the 1989 Batman of Oof. good old directed by Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Our very first Tim the Burton The strangest film. of the strange. Oh, yeah. And who's that weird floppy-haired man over there? Oh, yeah. It's just Tim Burton. Chill out. Just Tim Burton. Yeah. Now. Started his career as a drawer. He did. Yeah, he did. And then he ended Drawing up getting into, shit. into film. Like he did Vincent um, was like his first film and he did in 1983. Oh, fuck. I went and saw Tim Burton talk about it. Did you? Yeah, I've seen Tim Burton in the flesh. Where did you see him? Years ago for some film thing when he was in the thing and he came and had a conversation about where he started. Wow. And so he, here's a bit of trivia for you. So he started um, as an illustrator for Disney. Yeah, I did read yeah. it up about so that. So then yeah. what happened was because he was doing all this weird background shit and stuff like that, they didn't exactly know what to do with him. So they just sort of stuck him in a room by himself. Yeah, that's true. And so he just got to sit in there and fuck about and draw for a while and then, yeah, just elevated from there. That's amazing. So, yeah, I know. Crazy story. Yeah, that is craziness. Because I saw a exhibition here in Melbourne where we record, the Tim Burton exhibition. It was at the Australian Centre of Moving Image. And I remember when I saw it, I was absolutely gobsmacked by how awesome it was. Mm seeing all the wonderful uh, sort of props and costumes and just all of this well, stuff. You, I mean, it gives you – I think it's one of the strengths of what he does is because he has come from a visual background. Like yeah, he, he has. He's come from an art point first. Mm. And his work is Illustration so, point first. And that's the thing I love about Tim Burton. Like, he's he's got such a, an unbelievably amazing distinctive style. Like, yeah, his oeuvre is, is similar in particular areas, but, geez, he doesn't hold back. No, he doesn't hold back at all. And this film, as, you know, it's interesting. Like, when I was watching it, I almost felt so much noir in it. Noir? I really felt a lot of noir. noir? Yeah, noir. I almost felt feel like i know obviously it's a comic book well there is a lot of smoking in it so yeah fair enough. yeah there's a lot of smoking in it a few tuxedos. i could almost imagine this being a black and white film i really could but oh shit we should watch it desaturated oh that would be good but yeah i just had that vibe when i was watching this i thought wow I noir. picture some noir in this but it's got two of my favorites in this <laughs> two of my faves yes billy d williams no, no wait oh excuse you so here in Studio D, something that you can't see is that we're both, we're sitting under the watchful eye of a signed picture of Jack Nicholson. Yes. Legit. Yeah, legit. And a legit signed Michael Keaton. Yep. Um, How ironic is that? It's it's just, yeah. So we're here with official merch, touched by the men themselves. Absolutely. As we all have been through their art. You know, they are And too... a lot of people were just touched by Jack Nicholson because that's... I mean, Jack yeah. Nicholson, he's just the best. He's the best. And he's so good. Goddamn goodness! He is good in this. So goddamn good. He's very good. You in know, this. I it, think it's firmly, it's the role where he just got to play himself. It's perfect. It was absolutely <laughs> perfect casting 
for him. And look, it's interesting with some of the ice coldest motherfuckers lines I've ever heard oh, in some, retrospect. There's like, some wow. awesome, awesome stuff, but we will certainly, certainly get to that. Let's dish. And I have to say, like, I think Michael Keaton is a fantastic Batman. Like, he's got a, a charisma, <laughs> he he's got does. a charm, but to he's the also got a real fucking oddball that you believe that he would dress up as a bat and beat the shit it's out of people. So true. Like, you really get that in that in his face. Like, that's the thing. Like, and even his eyeballs. Like, there's a few moments where there's some close-up shots where you see his eyeballs. So, he's just looking around and you just get that sense. Yeah. It's just amazing. And But he also plays the determination and that singular focus as Batman incredibly mm. well when he's in the suit. Yeah, he does. So, yeah. when he's in the suit, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And there's so and much. And then when he's out of the suit, you're like, this is a weird dude. I know. It's weird because he wears Perfect. the tuxedos and, and it's just great. The like soup. The charm, the charisma that he's got, it's its really, it just oozes. And that sort of With amazing screen well. presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's just got an amazing screen presence. I just i just think he's fantastic. But, so yeah, Dean, obviously. Dean, Dean, you might notice that he does like Jack Nicholson. I do. A little bit of Michael Keaton. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Just be aware, folks, as we roll merrily forward. Two of my faves. Fanboy! So, of course, we were established to good old Gotham City. <laughs> now, actually, before we uh, go to how it starts, is the t- the opening titles. Now, one of the most common motifs that Tim Burton uses, he always has these amazing opening sequences. He does. In opening titles. And it's always amazing music, usually always by Danny Elfman. And here yep. it goes through sort of, you don't know what it is. Some it's sort, sort of, of thing that goes through a canyon and something. Something but then, from Star Wars. And then it turns out to be the logo, the famous Batman logo. Yeah, all in black. Oh, I love it. it. Doesn't it? Starts very well. And then it bleeds into yellow. Yeah, pretty much. And then, of course, there's this. Uh, so we're introduced to Gotham City, and basically. Shall um, we talk about Gotham real quick? Okay. Oh, yeah. Something. So the production design in this. Like, obviously, the attention to detail, the lighting it's spot in on. Gotham is amazing. It's so spot on. It's, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. But the architecture and the design has got a really strong sort of gothic aesthetic. And it's obviously been made in megature or miniature. Mm. Um, so really good tracking shots that can be done through physical locations. I agree. I agree to that. Um, so yeah. the physicality that you notice in this, like using practical effects, mm. is super strong because yeah. it means that the lighting is matched and the way mm. that it moves through. So... As the city is constructed, it's an incredibly strong design, but mm. also like it gives it a claustrophobic verticality. It does. And you know what that's also emphasized by, and I noticed this a hell of a lot when I was watching the film, is the constant use of those Dutch angles. Yo. And you see them all over the place and it really adds to that build up and that tension and the anxiety and the whole idea about what Gotham City is like so, for the so, present day in the context of the film. So for the people at home, a Dutch angle is different to a profiterole because <laughs> it's angled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? Why is it gotta be Dutch? Oh, I don't this know. This is where you're supposed to be able to explain the like term, Dutch. film nerd. So a Dutch angle for all our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so go. it's basically where the camera is slightly on an angle, slightly tilted. Just and a little bit. It's just a little bit. But the, the reasoning behind Dutch angles in films conventionally are used for this idea around building up a tension and anxiety. And and you, you sort of see it in some films and in other films you don't. It's not a rare occurrence. Uh, sorry, it's not like a, a constant occurrence that you see Dutch angles in. But I noticed when I was watching this, that basically the whole film is Happens almost... Yeah, yeah, it does happen a lot. But I kind of like that. It actually suits the film quite well. It does, and it's one of the things that isn't obtrusive. Yeah, that's true. Like, you don't feel like, oh, I'm getting Dutch angled. You know, it's not like... <laughs> 
That sounds really, der- <laughs> really derogative. Wait, you haven't been Dutch angled? Oh, mate, you're missing out. Oh, I better get on it's that. It's a good time. Yeah, but just don't eat the Dutch licorice because it's disgusting. Okay, I won't. Just go to the Daryl Lee. But... <laughs> Anyway, welcome, moving on. Lee. Yeah, welcome, welcome to Not Yet Rated yeah, today. Jesus. We talk about licorice. So obviously, about got, time. Yeah, Gotham City. We've got Mayor Borg. He's got this district guy, Harvey Dent. He's played by Billy D. Williams from, yeah. of course, you know the Star Wars films and that sort of thing. And then he's got Commissioner Gordon as well. And essentially, Gotham City is a really dangerous place. It's yeah. not great, you know. And then they're all so that's juxtaposed with a family cutting through an alleyway. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it kind of sort of brings back that idea about what we learn later in the film especially the establishment with the of the Bruce Wayne yeah the Bruce Wayne character but yeah it, it's a pretty dirty it's gringy it's really not a very nice place but then of course you've got these homeless looking guys and then criminal hobo types yeah, Chris, yeah pretty much they're these criminals and they're basically sort of talking about this Batman you know it's kind of like this myth it's almost yeah, like so they're sitting does on the roof. he exist yeah, they're sitting on the roof and yeah. talking shit while they're counting out the loot from yeah. rolling a couple and yeah. a young child. Yeah, poor thing. And then... Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he comes in and what a what an entrance. What an entrance. What, oh, oh it's my a, God. An amazing... There's no Dutch angles there. No, no, certainly not. It's just these great action matches in terms of the editing. It works really, really well. Yeah, because Lots it zooms kicking. into particular elements of his fighting, so you don't yeah. see the character as a whole. Mm. But also you see a lot of these uh, really great close-up cutaways to all of his little nifty toys. He's, like, He's got some awesome toys. He does. And do you know what the cool thing about this movie is? Yeah, what's that? Because well, one of the things that I noticed is that you look at Christian Bale's Batman. Oh, yeah. And what they've done is that they explain this gadgetry. So they've got Morgan Freeman in there just like, I made you a suit. And that was a fucking terrible Morgan Freeman. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should probably leave. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> Practice next time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> not one of my final moments. Oh, that's okay. I'm sorry. Um, so they spend so much of the time fetishizing the gear. So in that one, it's like, look at your new car, mm. you know, and all this sort of stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, how to get your bat suit right. Yep. Which I understand because they're basing it sort of nearly on a, a year one, which is a Batman comic sort of thing where it talks about the establishment. It's a Frank Miller one. It's really good. Right. Where it talks about, you know, basically what it was like to be Batman for the first year. So mm. to figure out things like, you know, how to make your suit and how to become the symbol and, you know, all the sort of establishment stuff. So they're using that as it. This one, you're just like, no, he's got good shit. Mm. He's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It doesn't matter how he got it because he's Batman. Exactly. So it doesn't have to tell you all this shit because mm. you're just like, wow. It's so true. It's enough to be a multimillionaire mm. to explain why he's got a grappling hook. Yeah, for sure. And that's great. It is great, yeah. Because you don't get distracted. You're mm. just like, fucking Batman. Yeah, you just love every fight sequence that he has. So he gets that thing it. where he picks the guy up and yeah. he's like, what are you? Yeah. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. It's so, so he, well articulated by Keaton. I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. I want you to tell them about me. He's got a great voice. Yeah, and he does the low growl in a way that isn't, it's not like Bale's like, not over the top. It's not over the top. No, he's not yelling. No, I agree. Quite the opposite. Yeah, true. Which I'm assuming is one of the things that they needed to space themselves away from because every other Batman film that's ever been made is played against this one. Mm. That's why Heath Ledger's millennial Joker had to be so 
fucking insane. Yeah, and so because, so different to the and Jack so Nicholson dark one. and so this and that yeah. and twisted and man, you but know, like it had to do that because otherwise people are just like man, you suck compared to Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I, I know it's so true. And like, I mean, I love the Joker version of Jack Nicholson. In it's this. fantastic. It's, it's so good. It's comedic. It's hilarious. And it's dark. And it's dark. I agree. It's totally, totally dark because so it's got the Caesar Mar- Romero like <laughs> yeah. like over the top, but it's counter set by this just sort of cruelty mm. and brutality. Yeah, with this... I mean, he and the great thing is, too, he actually plays a character in this film called Jack, yeah. which is just perfect and fitting for the for it does Jack well Nicholson. For it. it does really, really well. Anyway. So anyway, yeah. Batman jumps off a roof backwards. Like, yeah. And he's really gone. Well. The guy's like, no! Mm-hmm. Freaking out because he just got the tar kicked out of him by a guy dressed as a bat. Yeah, Which did. would, you know, I mean, fuck, it's a hard thing to get over. It would, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'd just shake it off. No, I don't think so. So then we go through and we're introduced to the character of Alexander Knox. Yeah, Alexander Knox. Your comedic relief. Is he, though? He's. I know he's meant to be, but I don't find him funny. I find That's him obnoxious. He's not funny, he's not funny at all. I no, the only good line that he has in it... <laughs> Is where he meets Vicky Vale, and he's like, "Will you buy me lunch?" Oh, that's true. Because when he asks her out, he's like, "Will you ask me out?" Yeah. He goes, "Can we go out on a date?" And she's like, "No." Will you buy me lunch? She's like, "Maybe." And he's like, "Eat light." The speed of that, I was yeah, like, yeah, that's "Respect, true. respect, yeah. respect." Yeah, because he he's got a hustle about it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's a reporter, and then obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, he's introduced to Vicky Vale, played by Kim Basinger, and obviously, she's a, a like a photojournalist by the looks of it. He's um well, yeah. So she was a fashion photographer originally and mm. then she was moving into photojournalism. Yeah, so true. she'd just been over in a war zone. Mm. Before you get to Vicky Valo, we're introduced to Jack Napier. Yeah, Jack Napier. Jack so Nicholson. So this when you want to talk about the ice coldest lines mm. ever delivered in cinematic history. Nicholson when yeah. he's sitting down watching the television. Oh my god. You mean that scene? I just mean when he gets up to look at himself. Mm. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah, and then Alicia and I love that character later. <laughs> Hall. I love Jerry it. Hall. I love it. No, she just puts uh, his hand or her hand, pardon me, on his shoulder and he just, this amazing facial expression when he turns around and he just looks down. She takes it. And takes hand. it off. And then she says, you look great. And he turns around and he just looks at her side mm. and he goes, I didn't ask. I love it. Just cold, cold as, as anything. fucking Ice. No, it's it, but his performance there—it's just so you can tell that he's on. got an ego on him because she talks yeah, to him. Major ego—that's the boss's wife. Yeah, and that's right. So he is having a good time with the boss's wife, played by Jack Palance, by the way, and Ooh, I love Jack Palance—a scary, weird. Man. Yeah, yeah. And he's got no fear of that, and he's basically—he says to her like he can't do anything without. He needs me. Mm. And he thinks he's next in line for the throne. So he's down where Knox is introduced, like bribing a cop and asking him about Harvey Dent because Harvey Dent's been given the power to then start attacking gang leaders. Mm. So that's one of the ways they're going to clean up Gotham. So that's that's kind of that character arc. Uh, But what they don't understand is that the boss is actually a lot more shallow than they gave him credit for and he's super jealous and he's going to fuck Jack up. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to this incident. So... Then you're introduced to Vicky Vale, who's played by Kim Basinger, mm-hmm. who changes outfits 275 times during this film. Oh, my God. And hairstyles, 300. It's it's honestly back to Meg Ryan and Sleepless. Mm. You know what I noticed a lot from Kim Basinger in this film? Her screams. Oh, she got a... Ow! She's got an awesome scream. She had. She there, There's no need for a Willem scream with her around. Yeah, she. it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
She can belt it out. She can belt it out really well. The quick ones too, like she has the long sort of like I'm freaking out screams, but Mm. she also has that quick startled scream. Yeah, exactly. And I was actually like watching her performance again. There was cracks in it. Mm. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, I agree. Like she's not. I think when I was younger, I was actually harder on a performance than I am now. Really? Yeah. I thought it might have been the other way around. Like, I don't find... I, I think she's quite good, actually. She's yeah, so do I. You know, she's got a, a great screen presence. I think she's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But obviously, they have this event at uh, Bruce Wayne's house, and she's just going around saying, oh, he's Which Bruce Wayne. Which is the same thing. mansion they've it used is, for every single Batman film. It It is. And you know who I absolutely love in this film? I love Alfred. <laughs> I love Alfred. He looks like one of the most warmest guys by Michael Goh, you know. He's the warmest of guys. It's just... He's your traditional butler. I love it. He's got a kind of... They went for... So, as someone who knows the comics... Mm -hmm. Sorry, people. um, I'm glad you do because I don't know the comics at all. Yeah, because there was always two types of Alfred. Right. The first... Yeah, what was he like in the comic? Well, that's the thing. Like, he started pretty much like this performance but ended up being... An ex SAS wounded, like he's got a gammy leg, but acts as mm. his butler and teaches him combat and can do field dressings. You know, so that depending on the iteration that you looked at, so what happened with the animated series, which is fucking legendary, is that they made him an ex sort of member of MI5. So he was still English and still very competent yeah. and had worked in intelligence and then came back to do it. And then later on, they made him like ex soldier that had then sort of figured him out. So the Jeremy Irons character that you see in the latest iteration of Batfleck mm. is actually based on sort of where he is now. So he's kind of like combat vet that looked after an orphan boy because oh, interesting. him and his dad were blah, you know. Mm. So that's one of those things. This is the more nurturing one, which makes so much more sense. I agree. With the Michael I, Keaton character. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. As opposed to Michael fucking Kane. It doesn't suit him, I don't think. I mean, I love Michael Caine, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, but he's not a butler. No, he's not. He's not at all. Where I just get this warmness, this amazing yeah, feel he's awesome. from him. He's just so good. I just have to give credit to him because I yeah, think props, his props, props. performance is, is really good. But Then oh, you are introduced yes. to the eccentric billionaire of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, and he's going on this little bit of a venture through the house, and they're looking at all these artifacts and, and all that sort of thing. He does that sort of abstract kind of, oh, God, he's good in this. He's so good. He's so good. I just love how he sort of sits down like he's he's got this massive party. All these people are there. They're gambling and they're drinking and all that sort of thing. Charity just, function. Yeah, yeah, charity function. He's just sitting there and he's watching everything that's going on on the television and he just notices this little conversation that's happening with Commissioner Gordon. But he plays that sort of separate part where he's like, I'm the eccentric weirdo billionaire. Yeah. And, and he's just as sitting soon there. as it's business time. So yeah. Alfred comes in and interrupts him and goes, you know, Gordon had to leave really suddenly. Yes. And he's like, this way. Mm. And then he's you can see that he's on the face and all of a sudden like the arched in the eyebrows, mm. like this real sort of critical examination of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And then he suits up to go out because <laughs> because Jack Jack's been set up. Yeah, he's been set up, yeah. By Grissom, right. the boss, yep. with Jack Palance. That's right. And he's like, Jack. Mm-hmm. I need you to handle this one because mm-hmm. he does that Jack Palance thing where he's like, "I'm gonna draw my words out." Yeah. Oh God, that's in actually a weird, good. Strange way. That's a good accent because yeah. he does that, and he does that line where he's like, "Remember, you." I'm 
my number one. Yeah. Yes. A guy. Yeah, as he's grabbing yeah, he's, hold of him, yeah. He's like massaging his soul. He's so fucking creepy and he's such a big dude. Yeah, he is. Like Jack Balance's surprising physicality in this, like he's a massive dude. Mm. And he's like grabbing him on the shoulders and stuff like that. Mm. And so off he goes to Axis Chemicals yeah, to Axis um, Chemicals, make yeah. it look like a robbery. Yeah, correct. But he's been set up. He's been set up all along. And then, of course, <laughs> as uh, that robbery has been all set up and everything like that, and Jack's trying to get away, then Batman just comes out Well, the out cops are there because they're yep. there to arrest him, and mm. he's like turned all the knobs and dials, and it's losing its shit, and this chemical factory is going to explode. Yep. Da-da-da-da-da, and the cops are rounding up some of them, and yeah, in comes Batman. In comes Batman, and... Then there's this bit of confrontation between him and Jack, and then Jack just goes boom into a big amount of green-like chemical. You know, preceding that, so what happens is... <laughs> so Batman grabs him. Yes. And then Jack Nicholson's number two, Bob, mm. um, has a gun to the commissioner's head. So Batman just yeah. puts him slowly down. Yeah, because he's going to kill he Commissioner Gordon. Down, yeah. Kicks the gun out of his hand That's and right. just picks him up. Yep. Doesn't deck him. He mm. physically lifts him off the ground like, I'm going to mess you up. So he has to let Gordon go. And then <laughs> he Jack, Jack turns around and he's gone because he does the Batman vanish. And then he turns up again. And this is what happens. This is one of the few parts of the film that shit me. Because he fires the gun at Batman and Batman throws up his shoulder, his forearm guard, and it blocks the bullet which ricochets off a machine and then the bullet passes through both parts of his cheeks. Mm. So they explain the scarred face in this one and the reconstructive surgery because the bullet is supposed to have gone. That's true. So he would have had to have his mouth open and the bullet going at a 90-degree ricochet to go through both cheeks. Oh, my God. That's really thought out. So how do you get a bullet to pass through both cheeks? You know what I mean? Like, that's a perfect you, fucking angle. You think of so many things where I don't think about that. How did it go through both fucking cheeks, Dan? I didn't even think about that. Now, <laughs> interesting point okay. about this particular Batman film mm -hmm. is they released a graphic novel companion for it before it was finished. Was it in production? Yeah. So it was like, it what, during post-production all of a sudden? A different script. Did it? There were different elements. So in the like comic what? version, he fired his grapple and it went through his face. So that's, that's where part that's of the different. issue because this ricocheting fucking bullet. Is nonsense. that the reason why you're sort of a bit you don't like that moment because you know the context? No, it? I don't like that moment because Batman blocked a bullet. Yeah, true. Okay. The first time you're introduced to him in this film, he lets himself get shot. Yes. And he does that for dramatic effect by fucking with those guys yeah, to correct. be like, I'm alive. Mm. So he does his whole living dead thing where he's just wearing armor. That's cool. Mm. Um, but then, like, I know you're Batman. You can't fucking block bullets. You're not Neo. <laughs> yeah. You didn't become Batman because you took the red pill. Like, you know, that's one of those things where I'm like, really? Come on. Wow. I didn't think of that. I just, I, I, I for me, like now that I'm thinking about that's it. That's a Superman a trope. Yeah, that's well, a Superman thing. What did he do? He caught the bullet. Yeah, so he shot it at Superman. He went snatch. Mm. I just saw it was so quick in terms of how quickly edited it was. Maybe yeah, I just exactly. Sort of they had to edit it. that shit. Yeah, they were I like, just had to oh, bypass it. Nobody looks at this. Yeah, but you really did. You really did think about that. Because he throws his arm up and blocks a bullet. Like, yeah. fuck off. I certainly didn't 
detect that at all. I was just immediately now excited about the fact that watch it was, it again. Oh, well, now, now. That's ruined. It's all ruined for me now. You've destroyed it's it. It's all bullet blocking nonsense. Exactly. My rating's going down now. Thanks for that. They'd have, to, they'd have to retcon it with, like, the Flash. Yeah. Who captured the bullet and then turned mm. it around to actually shooting through both mm. cheeks. That's right. Well. The cheek thing really shit me. Okay. Because it's a hole through both cheeks, like, perfectly through both cheeks. That's why he's got the grin. I love the grin. And you can grin. see it when he's hanging. So Batman's trying to save him. He's like, oh, pick me up. Some great makeup. Yeah. Oh, the makeup is Holy great. shit. Which Mind brings you. us, yeah, to scenery. Like, yeah. they, you know, the cops are then like, we got to get this Batman guy because he yeah. dropped that guy in the goo and we wanted yeah. to arrest him because he's Grissom's number two. Yes, so we'll great. get him. And so the fallout from that is that the cops are now aware and keen to get Batman. Batman, yeah. And then you see Jack waking up after surgery. And I so love the scene God. between... Mirror. Uh, yeah. So when... The Joker actually is established, emerged. yeah, emerged from this this wonderful amount of ba- uh, backlight that you can just only see the silhouette, and he's walking towards him, yeah, the and bandaged head, the bandaged and head, and everything like that. And then this conversation between him and Jack Palance is just absolutely magnificent. Oh no, 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 no! Go back to the whole thing. <laughs> Which part? Because the great thing about that scene is that he r- rips off his bandages trying to see Oh, his just face. when he's being established that way. And looks then he at himself, smashes it. laughs yeah. and smashes the mirror, but then breaks the light globe. So he walks off in this crazy oh, yeah, cackling crazy like a laugh. loon. Mm. And that cackle is hilarious. Mm. Like the way that it's, and it's so well shot. It's such a great comic book frame. Yeah, but the, the laugh that he has in general, that <laughs> yeah, his sound, cackle kind of thing. It's sensational. Like you have it many, many times in the film. I even love that part right at oh, right at the very end and he's laughing and all this. I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that's when he falls down off the building. Yeah. Yeah. Like even that is is just fantastic. But like I love that little scene between Jack and Jack. Yeah. <laughs> but you uh, what me a, up over a yeah, woman. Well, that's right, but I love how Jack Palance takes his drink, you know, he's drinking his bourbon, he's trying to calm down, all that sort of thing, but mm. then he just gets out in that gun and just shoots him. I just think it's just fantastic. That's one of those great moments because he shoots him twice with anger and then he just starts doing like round the head through the leg yeah. trick shots that aren't hitting the body. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. You know, so it shows that sort of characterization where it's like absolute violence and then just absurdity where he's yeah. just like doing like cartoon trick shots. Mm. Exactly. You know, it's an amazing balance to be able to pull out like comically large revolvers mm. and still seem threatening. Yeah. And that's what he manages to do. Yeah, he does it. And he does it so goddamn well. Doesn't so. he though? Oh, I think he does. Damn. Yeah, goddamn you good. Now, oh, that's where Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to cut <laughs> 10 minutes from this film. You could easily cut a lot of that. Like, there's a oh, scene where... God. like Such uh, a nice date. Uh, Good for you. But, like, it's not... Like, to me, it's not... I mean, I understand it's about establishment of the characters, relationship between... Yeah, but there's between, not a lot of chemistry between No, there's not a lot of chemistry, especially with that complete divide against the table. And, like, it's stupid, really. Exactly. And then she gets a bit drunk and, you know, they sleep, sleep together and they have a night together, but whatever. But then, of course, there's this... No, almost, he puts it to bed. He doesn't oh. take advantage of the drunk lady. Oh, no, remember? no, I didn't mean to put that in the context of that. But, yeah, look, yeah, you're right, obviously. She does do that. that. And so what it's doing is sort of it's cutting between the Joker's emergence and then cutting between the sort of establishing sort of relationship yeah. between these two characters. And Bruce puts it to bed and then, you know, he's hanging upside down. You're like, oh, geez, I wonder if he's Batman. You're like, come on, really? You didn't have to do that. Mm. It was super obvious. And, yeah, so they have their little lovey-lovey sort of evening and then, 
she's like, come and have lunch with me. He's like, nah, man, I got to go mourn my dead parents. Yeah, she spies on him. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Good good trustworthy establishment yeah. of any Pretty much, pretty much. And I love following around your prospective billionaire boyfriend yeah, with a camera. Exactly, a bit voyeuristic. Yeah. But then Jack comes back out as the Joker and he establishes himself oh, to the, the mod boss. I love that. And there's all you know, all the sort of people that he's got with him. You know, all these mime artists and stuff like that. I just think that's no, because what happens first is he announces that he's taking over Grism's operation mm. to basically the mob families. Yeah, and he does that great thing where they're like, "What's with that stupid grin?" Because he's put normal human makeup on and yeah. dyed his hair for this meeting to seem normal. Mm. Um, only to electrocute one of them with a overcharged hand buzzer. Mm. And he does that great conversation at the end where he talks to the corpse. Yes. And he's oh. like, oh, your friends. Oh, how can I forget about that scene? It's, yeah, because it's one of the better things because it's still this smoking charge. And I love how he's holding the hand and the guy's just got all the smoke oh, going yeah, that special and he's just going, oh, we're well. going down there tonight. It's going to be a hot one. Hot, oh. Oh, the physicality. Yeah, I think I've got a live one here. Like these are all the things that Prince sampled when he was actually making the music for oh, him as well. Really? Especially from that scene, yeah. From that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Wow. Because I think about Prince, I, I just think it's so out of character for a film like this. But the songs it in it are sense. just well, yeah. That's the weird thing about I it. I know. And that's that's what I was getting to, is that like you would never think of someone like Prince to write songs for a film like this. Yeah. Like, especially with your purple rain and all that sort of thing. But it just, yeah, it works. Doesn't it? It Well, especially later on when they get to the art gallery. That's that's my favourite scene in the film. It is an amazing scene. That is my favourite scene in the film. I love it. It's comical. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and just, it works so well in terms of, you know, his performance. You know, Nicholson's performance is just great. But it also gives him sort of, you can see the kind of ambition that he's got yeah. for the city. That's true. Because when he's up here... His power and control and corruption. Yeah, because that's actually what he's after. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, he really is. So it's one of those things where it's not chaos for chaos' sake, which is the ledger thing. Like, in this case, he still wants to have a bunch of money and a bunch of power and Mm. to basically run the city. Of course. Like, it's still that ego thing, which you see at the start, so it's amplified. Mm. Um, Yeah, and he's starting to do it through the chemicals that he's incorporating into things like cosmetics and... Yeah, so he's holding the city for ransom because if you mix two of the chemicals the wrong way, you get Smiley. You get smiley, yeah, and like you what happens to laughing. the news newsreader, yeah, yeah, poor woman. Yeah. <laughs> but and then that, the next time you see the guy, you're like, really? Two days without cosmetics? This is that's what you, what look, you like? look like. That's what I thought. I thought, sure, damn son. You know, can't you get a comb and just do brush your, your fucking hair? I know. How hard wash is that? your face? Yeah. How hard is that? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a bit too drawn o- out. Ott. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. So the two of them are sort of having it, and then she meets Batman because they go to the art gallery. Yeah, they do. The art so he murders thing. one of the other mob bosses in front of everyone to establish himself, which is where the mimes are. So mm. they sort of surround the area and mm. whoosh, stabs him in the neck with a pen and buggers off. And then you can sort of see that Bruce is watching this happen as Bruce Wayne, and he's starting to understand that he's still alive and mm. he wants to get after him. So then he finds out through Alfred that Vicky Vale was going to the art gallery yeah. um, to meet her there, and then Jack Nicholson turns up. They repaint the paintings. Yes. They really fuck up a Degar. They do. Um, the Rembrandt cops a slap in the face, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Mm. And then he goes to slash a Francis Bacon, but that's the one that the Joker He actually likes, likes. yeah. <laughs> and you get to see a vision of his cruelty where what he's been doing to Alicia's... Face. Oh, oh, I love it. 
So I mean, it's so atrocious what yeah, she looks so like. He's been melting Jerry Hall with acid. Yeah, that's right. You're just like, well, I'm sorry, what? You the said I could look at the paintings. Fully functioning homicidal artist. Yeah, I love it. Mm. It's so good. Yeah. It, and so Batman busts in and saves the girl. Yes, of course, with these cool toys. Where does he get those marvelous those toys? toys? And then you've got the classic sort of Willem scream there. Ah! You know, from Kim Basinger. She screams so many times in like a matter of a couple of minutes. Yeah, she doesn't have a good time in this one. No. She's "Ah, she's Ah. just screaming constantly. Yeah, she is. But she's got a good scream. She's got an amazing scream. It's a great scream. So, so well. Done that though. Yeah, so he comes and rescues her and then they go back to the Batcave. No, 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 no. Yeah, no shenanigans happen there. No, no, there's not. That man's a perfect gentleman. He only drugs her and takes her film. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because, you know, they were about to take off the mask and she was taking photos before it obviously got caught. So Yeah, so mm. they shoot Batman down and then there's the mm. big Batmobile, which is worth talking about. Like, talk about a design. Holy shit. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It is, but now, it just influenced every other car that's ever been made since. Oh, like, look, it's such an important movie As a vehicle. smart car. Is that what you're saying? No, I just mean as the fact that you can mess with the design. You know, mm. like it was something that was extreme, but it changed the way that people thought about movie cars. Yeah, but it was still similar in the comic book, wasn't it? No, there's or was there altercations? Different designs. Was there? Yeah, I wasn't too sure about that. Well, especially when you think about this was made, and the previous was Adam West's Cadillac, mm, which yeah. was a dope car. But like, I just think that this one, in terms of the. The design of the everything. The production Jeez. design is just so goddamn good. So good. Yeah, no wonder it deserved the Oscar. Absolutely. What did it get an Oscar for? Art direction. No shit. Nope. Yeah, quite rightly so. Yeah, yeah. Because there's one of the things that we need to talk about real quick is when is this movie set? I was wondering about that when I was watching it, actually, because when you go to, say, the cutaway back to the, the flashback moment where we do actually see young Bruce... Bruce see his parents and you see a young Jack because that's the the realisation that Bruce Wayne actually has is that the correlation between the Joker and him him sort of stemmed from that. But then in that little flashback sequence, you get a sense that it's like the 1950s. But then when you're watching it, it feels like Still the Still feels like the 50s. I know. So you don't know. Because there's men wearing suspenders, unironically. Yeah. But even in the opening. Everybody wears hats. Yeah. Even in the opening establishing shots, it kind of has this 1980s grittiness feel to it. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's such a bizarre thing because it doesn't fit a known time. No, it doesn't. I like that though. So do I, because yeah. it suits its own aesthetic, and it's like Gotham mm. itself. Like you know, because you don't need that establishment of time. No, to because really they've got wrought iron walkways between buildings and things that have never existed. Yeah, true. As opposed to you know, oh, this is some crazy East German architecture yeah, from right. communist times. Like it was just, oh, this is what I want it to look like. Yeah, exactly. So it's got its own aesthetic, and it's yeah. got its own time period as part of it, because that's one of those things. Because. Vicky Vale's camera is digital. That's um, a good point. So it's got a digital focus. Mm. Uh, like it's electronic in that regard, but it's a film camera. So things like that, like the zoom options and stuff that she's doing. So, you know, and his computers, again, don't look like computers. They've been designed for it. So mm. more power to the, the, the way that the set was designed to make it look sort of semi-modern but also achievable mm. in those times. Like mm. he's supposed to have cutting edge. The same way the Batwing looks like a fighter plane. 
you know, down to the proper like ejection scene in it. So they've done a really clever thing about making it balance out. Yeah. Because the characters don't get to be their characters unless they've got a place. So then you see the Joker and Bruce Wayne in daylight together in her apartment. I love that scene. What a great scene. It's a great scene. You want to get nuts? I know. Let's get nuts. It's so out of character (laughs) for the Bruce Wayne. I was going to, I had to quote that one. But I also love Jack Nicholson's facial expression when he's like, oh, that Batman took you away and he's looking like that. He's quite quite violent in that he's one. very violent and especially when he puts um the little face on there of alicia and then punches and it just punches it yeah, his poor alicia threw herself out mm-hmm. of a bash but then you sort of see how uh, bruce wayne he sort of at the start of the scene you know he sort of gets the little metal plate and he puts it the on. you already right? know that he's going to be using that as a, as a, a, bulletproof, a bulletproof vest, vest. Yeah. yep that's what I, the phrase i'm looking for i couldn't think of it for a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that scene's obviously really, really quite yeah interesting in terms of how it's actually shot, but also because um, the lighting that's coming through, the decor in the in the in the room itself, it sort of doesn't fit Vicky Vale for me though. Well, well, it just tells me that her Vogue money obviously took her a long way. Mm. Like she's a very well paid photographer. If that mm. was a her flat or. Real estate is super cheap. Yeah, gonna, that's what I was. I thinking. mean, it is a crime because it's a huge place. It's a huge place. Yeah, it's massive studio apartment. Mm. It's enormous, and you get to see that great thing because Bruce Wayne's being weird and obtuse, and then he explodes. Mm. You know, so Michael Keaton gets to do that. You want to get nuts? You know, because he's talking. Oh, and then Jack Nicholson shoots him and just leans over and goes, "Never rub another man's rhubarb." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. And then just fucks off. It's so good. Isn't and good? then she comes back inside, freaking out because she's just had billionaire Bruce Wayne killed, and he's gone too. Yeah. Where does he go? God, what? He's so standoffish to this woman. I'm like, why? Why are you dealing with this? Where does he go? Where does he go? He just vanishes out. <laughs> of, out of I reckon the he went up the chimney. Yeah. That's true. Because she had a chimney. Mm, mm. She had an open fireplace in her apartment. Yeah, that's true. So it's a penthouse. Yeah, so she went up the chimney. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. She went up the chimney. Reverse Santa. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thought. Left her tea tray, though. (laughs) It was good of him. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Oh, God. The Joker. (laughs) He's got this next plan, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So he's going to run the... uh, He interrupts the TV broadcast. Yeah, he does. a great scene. And then he's going to have a... Uh, a bicentennial yeah, kind of celebration that celebration. Gotham was going to cancel because yeah. of all of it. And he does it and he's going to distribute how many millions? Twi- it was like 20 million, I think it was. Yeah, around the crowd. So yeah. everyone's turned up and he's just throwing sacks of cash out. And it's all With fake. another Prince uh, song. Yeah, it is. I don't know what that Prince song is too. Neither, oh, yeah, I don't know. If I don't get the, someone pulling yeah, the soundtrack. Just, yeah, know. he's just chucking all this money out there. But it's funny money because it's him on it. Yeah, exactly. So and when he talks to her in the museum, he's like, I want my face on the $1 bill. He yeah. meant it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he literally wanted his face on the one dollar bill. Uh, now, why the one dollar? Why why not the hundred dollar? <sighs> it just makes more sense. There's more to throw. Yeah, I suppose. You think about it. Would you rather have a hundred in one dollar bills or one one hundred dollar bill? Mm. I'd rather have a stack. Would you? Yeah. But even that, but it's the. Shouldn't it be about how much? The worth is? No, because then what it is is it's causing the crowd to get more involved because if you snatch 10 of those, you got 10 bucks. If you get 100 of those... Oh, so it's almost like more exposure. Yeah, but yeah, it's also okay. like that thing of just and it's mo- getting mo- people not looking at what's and, going on. And maybe it's the most commonly used note as well. Yeah, that why everyone's not? sort of got one. Yeah, okay, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, in America, they give everybody a dollar tip anyway. So yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. Yeah, there you go. All right. So Batman flies in in the Batwing. Yeah, and he steals his balloons. <laughs> steals his balloons. Which has got why all of this toxic chemical in. Why didn't someone tell me he didn't in? have one of these things? And then he shoots Bob. 
And I love, yeah, he shoots Bob, but I love, <laughs> he does shoot Bob. Um, but I love that part where he's like, what's he doing with all my balloons? Yeah, he's really despondent. He's so despondent. <laughs> and he didn't even know how to describe it. He yeah. He's he exploding about it. He's like, why didn't someone tell me I have one of the things? Yeah. Bob, gun. I want one of those things. Bob, gun. Yeah. Dead. And then he pulls out the comically large revolver mm-hmm. and shoots the plane out of the sky. Yeah, he does. Not going to talk about that. No, no, no. Just going to let that one go. All right. That's a very good comic moment. Yeah, that's true. Also interesting in this one, one of the things that Christopher Nolan's Batman did was he was like, I can't kill anyone. Mm. It's so important that mm. nobody dies because mm. it makes me different from the criminals. Whereas in this one, he's like, I'm just going to blow up a fucking chemical factory because it's full of the Joker's dudes. Then I'm going to just open up with mini guns, like Gatling guns on my plane and fire missiles into the Joker's guy. Like, I don't know how many people were killed in Batman's actions in this one, but his moral compass isn't as absolute as later versions. I haven't really explored much of well, the, the whole point series. of the Batman thing is like I you actually think haven't. about a character like the Joker, like the easiest thing to do for everyone's safety would be to kill him. Yeah, of and course. And one of the things that he never does is kill him. Yeah. So he doesn't use guns and he doesn't murder anyone. No, it's that's just always his thing. Toys, but the yeah. thing is <laughs> it's just his toys. He drove the Batmobile yeah. into that thing, firing machine guns into this space where he knew there were people and mm. it dropped bombs mm. and drove out again. Are you gonna tell me that everyone got clear? He's mm. got no problems vaporizing goons in this one. I'm no, just saying. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Joker dies. Yeah, exactly. He does. And it turns into this scene like as I was watching it, I don't know why I thought this. Uh, in a cathedral because it's yeah, it, kind of, it kind of reminded me of bloody vertigo <laughs> oh the staircase yeah shot. just the That's staircase shot. yeah i know it just reminded me of vertigo quite right this yeah alfred hitchcock but <laughs> yeah so they get up in the cathedral yeah it is very tim burton style isn't it yeah, so it's gonna end in a cathedral with yeah. gnarly gargoyles and really good blacks and whites and you know basically ominous areas yeah it's very ominous and ominous so batman, even the music the music's so ominous there i oh, love so it good. So and batman good. has to fight his way through the remaining joker All those to get to the boss yeah pretty much you made me Gets there all the way up to the yeah, top. Yeah, so he's like, you made me, man. You made me crazy mm. when you dropped me into that stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, and I tried to calm down. Mm. <laughs> it was hard to calm down after that. Don't think I didn't try. Mm. And then, um, yeah, he beats the shit out of him and then he sort of exposes that the Joker was the one that killed his parents. That's right, yeah. Still not knowing who he was, so the Joker was like, I probably killed a lot of people's parents. It's mm. cool. With that famous line, of course. Which one? It was the one where he yeah, says, dance with the, devil, the, the devil in the pale moonlight. It's up there with Ezekiel 2517. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The of the righteous Batman. Yeah. So good. He's beset on all sides. I love, like, when they're up right up the top, and, I mean, he's dancing away with Vicky, and I love this part where Vicky is just starting to kiss his, um, the Joker's oh, arm and that look. sort of thing. To she knows, him. yeah, to distract him and all that sort of thing. But I love when they're out sort of... You know, having on the vista, on the yeah, that's right. Like, there's this great little moment. I just laugh out loud. He's like, "Oh, would you like to give me a hand?" And, and it's, it's a fake, it's hand. a fake hand. Fucking brilliant! Like, Where did he have that? Like, I wish there was more of that in in the film. In well, terms of, I mean, that's the way. There's that, a bit of it. It's a great balancing act, though. I think you know, electrocuting a guy with a joy buzzer. Yeah, that's that kind of that is thing. sensational. But then having the conversation with him after it, yeah, is the thing that shows that he's. Clearly, fucking crazy. Crazy. So it's yeah. a real goofy way to murder. It someone, is good. Yeah, it's goofy. Still got murdered. Yeah, I agree. It is completely goofy. You know, and even when the stakes are so high with them hanging off the roof and her mm. there, he still does that. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like the comically large pistol. These mm. things happen. Yeah, but it still shows that he's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, you know. 
But then, of course, goes to his ultimate death. Yeah, plummeting to the ground with a gargoyle wrapped around your leg. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the laugh box going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on and on, on and, on, and on. on. Such a good end. Oh, isn't it great? Until, you know, good old Alfred reappears. Rocks up. Rocks up. I've got some champagne for you, yeah. Miss Vale. And he's like, oh, I'm just letting you know. Um, Mr. Wayne would be a little late Bruce this is going evening. to be a little bit late. And it's like, oh, no, 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 does that not no. surprise me? And then, of course, the, the awesome theme. Like, Danny Elfman, like... You know, knocked it out of the park, son. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like, it's interesting because Danny Elfman has done some amazing tunes for Tim Burton. Oh yeah, he's done like amazing. Edward Scissorhands and and obviously Batman and even Batman Returns. Like, oh, that's another fucking great movie. Like, absolutely. Um, why the hell has he never won an Oscar? Stunned, I, stunned, stunned. Absolutely by that. slapped with a fish. And why did? This theme not even get recognised. Yeah, that's just the Academy being dicks. Yeah, I mean, it's so disappointing because the film really, I mean. I mean, I'd like to know what score won that year. Actually, yeah, um, 89, well, I can't think of what it is from the top of my head, but uh, I can imagine it probably would not be as good as something like this. No, God, no. No, no, not at all. I mean, this film extremely, extremely successful. Yeah, and quite rightly so. And quite rightly so. I agree. I mean, it was an expensive film. And what I find really interesting is that this is Tim Burton. Really, it was his third film. I'm I'm calling it his third film. Okay. Right? Because you had Pee-wee's Big Adventure that you did in 1985. (laughs) That's right. I mean, comical and all that sort of thing. And in in 1988, he did Beetlejuice and with Michael Keaton. Mm. So do I. And then he did Batman. And for a f- and for a film director that only has two credits to him to be, to be able to be given this opportunity to develop something that would have been so highly anticipated. Oh yeah, it was huge. Is, I saw this in the fucking cinemas, man. I oh really? Oh yeah. <gasps> wow, that would have been an experience. Yeah, I shat my pants. It was amazing. Did you? Yeah. Oh wow. But it was all right because everyone in the audience shat their pants because it was so mm. good. I saw Batman Returns in cinemas. I didn't see this one in cinemas. I I was far too young when this came out. I was fucking far too old. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But no, look, this film is so unbelievably entertaining. Yeah. It's it's well constructed. Like Tim Burton's got that distinctive style. And it's everyone's attempt to do Batman after it. I totally agree. You know, like... You know, you've got sorry Val so Kilmer, many, yeah. Sorry George Clooney. Yeah, you've got all of these different iterations with regard to the story. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Val Kilmer just <laughs> butchered it to the absolute extreme. And uh, then by the time George yeah. Clooney's in it, it just it had basically gone back to Adam West mm. levels of camp. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's a shame, but at the end of the day. You but know, then you had I, Christopher Nolan who had to like go full dark. Yeah, you he know, went like full he had, dark with he it. He had to. But also knowing his style too, like yeah. it's very, very distinct. And I mean, it worked extremely well and that was also very, very successful. Yeah, it's but still I just, not as good as this. Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> like it's interesting. Like I do, like Batman Begins for me, I find is an extremely slow paced film. It is. That takes time to appreciate and I don't really fully appreciate. The Dark Knight, I love. Yeah, it's a much better film. It is a much better film. The Dark Knight Rises, not so much. No. No. So it's I, a little bit shit. You know, I <laughs> totally agree with you. And I always go back, when, it, when we talk about Batman, I always go back to this. Yeah. 
you know? And if people talk to me about the Batman film, this yeah. is the one my brain thinks of first. Absolutely. I mean, you think about the comparisons between all your Jokers. you got your Nicholson, you got your Heath Ledger, and then, and of course, Caesar recently with, with Walking Phoenix. But that's sort of like a, a separate version to it. Don't forget Jared Leto was in there oh, too. Oh, Jared Leto, yeah, that's he true. He was in there stinking up the joint. Yeah, but I, I, disc- I discard that because I don't like to talk about that. Um, discard everything that yeah, boy does. Yeah, well, other than Dallas Buyers Club. But I will say that... I always go back to the Nicholson here because I love the comedic elements that and what he brings. Because to it's it. still menacing and it's menacing and, and sinister, and exactly and fucked up. But you just love all of the different. But he's little such things a good baddie. I agree, he's such a good baddie, and it yep. works so well for him. And you know, production design's just outstanding here. I, I, it's a very, very entertaining film. I'm giving it four stars. Also four. Yeah, four stars for me. I just the more I reflect on it, the more I really enjoy it. Yeah, and it's it's aged incredibly well. Yeah. The only special effects that don't work are the ones where it's actually over video. So the burning guy, the smoke would have been fine, but the mm. practical effects of Gotham itself. The it's vehicles still, and everything else is fan-fucking-tastic. And, and it's still, for me, I actually think it still does, it resonates really well today. And the lighting. And yeah, the, the lighting. photography oh, oh, fucking great. Exactly. And it goes back to that effectiveness of the noir elements I got yeah. from it. Because, you know, cinematography and lighting is so so unbelievably important in noir. That bit and where it's just Batman's eyes visible. And he's like, I'm yeah, I agree. But Oof. also, I, I, even the alleyway scenes, the yeah. smoke, the the richness of how the visual aesthetic works, oh, like, it's yeah, just yeah. sensational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I really, really enjoy this Batman. Song. I'm Batman. Batman. All right. Next week. Batman. Oh, hey. Good news. Oh, Batman. No. It's the audience. Choice. Oh, shit. Here we go. Oh, here it's we go. It's not going to be Batman. No, there's definitely no Batman in here. All do right. Do have let's... to do any more after I watch Batman? Oh, I don't watch know. watch Batman again? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. I'm lay, not... lay it upon me. I'm not looking forward to this one. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how you said. What is it? You know how you said. Yeah. No, I'll give you the context before I tell you is what the film is. Yeah, it's a musical. Oh, shit. But it's a musical that is just, oh, my God, I'm not looking forward to it. Wow. So you said when we first introduced the audience choice, one thing you said to all our listeners. No, I didn't. Oh, I beg to differ. Nah, I wouldn't have told them to you, torture you with musicals. You that said that. That doesn't sound like me at all. No. How Why would dare I fuck you up you? like that? So, Yannick Detko, you have introduced a film that we have to watch High School Musical. Oh, shit. I know. It's the Zac Efron. Wait, uh, is that Zac Efron? Is it? I, I don't, don't even know. know. I've never even seen it. Well, it's not Nora Isn't Efron. Isn't it like basketball? Isn't there basketball in this? Well, it's a high school musical. Oh, yeah. It's probably got sporty and kids got that, and nerdy kids and got, kids that climb on rocks. It's got that song. What's that song? It's what all song? In this it's nothing but songs. Isn't it all in this together or something? Is it that film? Yeah, but that's not a high school experience, but it's probably in there because it's oh, fictional. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, well, thank you for your audience choice, but I'm not looking forward to Jeez, this Oh, one. yeah. Wow. Oh, so wow. So we're strapping our eagles. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for your audience choice, and we look forward to your company again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.